You are now tuning into the No Small Talk podcast, and we're your hosts, Ebony and Sherry, two introverts who actually do enjoy conversations, as long as it's not small talk, and you don't have to settle for small talk either. Change the conversation. We're here to show you how. With our conversation starters, we want to help you enjoy meaningful conversations and build better relationships in order to succeed in business, life, and in love. We'll show you how to be confident, present, and vulnerable while starting conversations that you enjoy. Relationships, parenting, careers, money, and wellness are all topics we discuss right here on this podcast. So get your headphones, your cup of tea, and get ready to be inspired to start your next conversation. No small talk. Uh, they cannot do what they want. I got my freedom of speech. Yeah. Get to say what I want. They cannot lock me outside. I walk in right through the front. With a big back like I'm back. You need to get my respect. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the No Small Talk podcast. We are always happy to have you all join us every week as we engage in deep dialogue with each other and our guest. On today's episode, we will be sharing another conversation starter question Do you live more in the moment? or plan for the future and why. As introverts, the majority of us will probably find that we are full-time planners by nature. And during this discussion, we all agreed that we were more planners and that we definitely needed to have more balance. It's important to live in the moment at times and just to enjoy the season that you're in. Today, we are joined by another special guest and fellow introvert and podcaster, Jeanette from the Chronicles of an Introverted Black Woman. Just like us, Jeanette loves deep conversation and does not do small talk. We really enjoyed our conversation with Jeanette and found that we had so many things in common, which was no surprise. Anyway, without giving too much away, I'll just let you all enjoy this for yourself. So stay tuned. All right, so Jeanette, we're gonna just jump right into the question. And the question is, do you live more in the moment or plan for the future and why? Okay. So I don't know if you're going to laugh at my answer. Hopefully not. Um, (laughs) I try to find a balance. I'll be so honest with you. I feel like I kind of do both. Is that weird that I do both? No. No. I think Okay. (laughs) Okay. Great. Great. I was like, I hope I don't sound crazy, but I feel like it's important that you have to find a balance because you want to live in the moment while you're planning for the future at the same time, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like for a long time, I was always focusing on like, what's next and how can I become a better person or what can I do to get to the next level? And I realized like each day we should strive to be better than the day before. The reason why I feel like that is because being an introvert, I feel like we often try to look at every situation and we overthink so much Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i know i don't know if i'm alone but i feel like we're always in our head and and if we're always focusing on the future i feel like we're not really enjoying the present time Mm -hmm. so for me i feel like finding a balance is so important because we're always in our head constantly and then you start to plan out what you want for the future and then when it doesn't turn Mm -hmm. out that way I feel like for me, especially, I start to become so hard on myself. So I feel like it's important to have a balance in your life. And it allows you to stop overthinking. And it allows you just to enjoy the moment, living in the moment. But meanwhile, you're trying to say, okay, what do I want to do in the future? So like having this type of balance. 
Was there a particular situation or incident that happened in life where you realized that it oh, was yes. better for you to have the balance instead of always being in your head and planning? Oh my God. I never even thought about that, but that's an amazing question. What really changed my life is having my son. I was in a long relationship with his father. So for us, it was always, what do we want? Get the house and get married. And then when things didn't work out, because we came to the realization that, you know what, it's better for us not to be together. But in my head, I always had like having the house, having all of those things. And that's what I was looking at when I was so focused on that situation that I really wasn't living in the moment. Mm. And so that's why I changed the outlook on my life. It's like, okay, I have my son and I have to live in the present with him, but also think about his future and also think about what future I want for myself. So that's what kind of made me change the way I look at life. I really like that question. (laughs) Yeah, I like that too. And like, as a parent, I get it. We constantly want to plan for the future, even our kids' future. And then sometimes when we focus so much on the planning we're not enjoying the season that we're in. And then kids, they grow up so fast and like, we don't want to have to miss special moments because our heads are not focused on enjoying where we are now. And we're constantly thinking about, okay, where we need to be, where we need to be. So I totally get it. No, I agree with you, Ebony. Like the fact that having your kid, they grow up fast. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you have five of them. You see how fast they can grow. And I know you want to focus on all college and, their future, but you want to make sure like, okay, I don't want to miss anything that I'm having this present day as well. So just have a balance. Yeah. That's interesting that we brought in the factor of kids, because I do think that that probably is important. You know, as a single person, I think it's easier for me to say, I plan everything. I prepare everything because I only have myself to account for. But Mm -hmm. if you're married, if you're living with someone, if you have kids, that's different people with different personalities and different needs that you're always adjusting to. Mm -hmm. So being able to be flexible, I can see why that's important. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree. Like, I feel like if you put yourself in a situation where you're like, okay, I'm only thinking about the future. I'm only thinking about the future. And you're so focused on that moment. And like I said before, if you focus on, I don't know, if you want to have that house, yeah, that's something, that's a goal that you want to have and you want to attain, but you also want to say, okay, what do I need to do for myself? Because I'm all about self-care and Mm self-awareness. Like you really want to make sure that you're not overthinking too much where you're draining yourself, right? And you want to make sure that your self-care and your self-awareness is also important in all of that. It has to be a balance. I struggle with this too, a lot. I am definitely a planner. And I like this question because it kind of brings back into perspective, which is something that I'm always thinking about. Like, Ebs, you got to live in the moment, man, because I'm always thinking. I write a daily plan every day. Like, I'm a daily planner. Like, I write things down, a to-do list. So I'm constantly planning for the future. And a lot of times I just spend time focusing on that and not really enjoying and living in the moment. So I do think that it's important to have the balance. I think about before we recently bought a house, maybe like a few years ago, we were living in an apartment. And I even remember like not letting myself get too comfortable in that place. Like it was not lived in. It was kind of like, okay, I'm planning for, okay, we're going to build this house. We're going to get our house, blah, 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 blah. And not really enjoying or creating a space for the kids to kind of like enjoy that mm-hmm. moment at that time. Cause I was just thinking like, yeah, this is not it. Mm-hmm. This is where I want to be. I want this type of house. 
And I struggle with that. Whereas live in the moment, let them enjoy this season so we can look back on it. I think that there's nothing wrong with reflecting and looking back on where you've come and like using that to kind of move forward and guide yourself with decisions going forward. But it is something that I struggle with too. So I definitely can relate to you and it's a working progress. So I don't know, like how do we find balance? Find balance, I guess that's the question that I have. You know, Ebony, I love your example, actually. I think it's so funny, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. The fact that you were in an apartment, but because you were so focused yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. upcoming house, you kind of just saw it as a temporary thing. And temporary could have been a year. Temporary could be two years. But two whatever years. That temp- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for two years, you're like, I didn't don't, even don't put get too comfortable. On the wall. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's I know. so crazy to me. No, but, but I like you know. that you have that in the back of your head don't get comfortable because a lot of people they get comfortable <laughs> so even having those post-its on the wall or something just having that reminder to have balance because some people they get so comfortable with living in the moment living in the moment and then they look back and say what i'm 35 and i'm what what's going on so i definitely agree with you don't get too comfortable you have to find a balance and ask yourself okay what am i gonna do yeah i, I want to enjoy myself and i want to live in the moment but you got to make sure that when you're living in the moment, you're not just getting too comfortable in that moment. Yeah. I think I was like the extreme. Like I wasn't, Yeah, I was definitely not comfortable. Like I, I didn't even put pictures up. Oh, um, wow. Like two, in years? The, two years, <laughs> like the guest room had like a blow up bed. Yeah. It was, oh, wow. Like, I was two like, years. we're not. Yeah. For two years, we had like the furniture that we came in there with. And that was it. I did not want to get comfortable at all. Cause I was like, this is not my house. And that's it. But I realized even the house that we're in now, we don't consider it our forever home. Mm -hmm. So like I struggle with, I could enjoy the space a lot better. Like my backyard, go out there, make it a little mini oasis or whatever. But I'm thinking, no, I know what's next. I want want an acre. This is what I want. That's what I want to get next. And I'm not really enjoying right now. And I don't like that. I do that because I have kids and I want them to, enjoy every moment that they have in life because life is a journey. And I think we talked about this maybe on the IG, even though we have like a set destination for ourselves, it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the ride along the way. I think it's very important to enjoy every step and every season that we're in and then also see how we can learn from it to make ourselves better. So it is something that I need to work on. Maybe I need to put a post-it somewhere, remind myself, Ebony, Mm -hmm. live in a moment. You can still plan, just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Sherry, what about you? It's such an interesting question and conversation because as I'm listening to you both, clearly the concept of balance is important and it's something that we hear all the time, balance, work-life balance, mm-hmm. you know, balancing good and the bad or even just a good the common saying that even too much of a good thing could be bad if it's not done in moderation, right? right? And so hearing you all and Jeanette, you starting off asking whether your response was weird or unique because you said that you do both. And I don't think it's weird. I think it's actually ideal. Someone like me, I can say without a doubt that I am a planner. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am a preparer. I am a planner. I remember being an undergrad, being in law school. I mapped out my entire four years of you undergrad. Wow. I mapped out my entire three years of law school, like mapped it out from courses. I knew what courses I was going to take each semester. I knew how many credits I was going to take up each semester because I had a goal. And for me, I think also knowing that I don't consider myself to be the most disciplined person, at least not naturally. So I do these things to force myself to stick with the plan because otherwise I can get easily distracted. So I have to go into every situation with my plan and my outline. I always joke around with Ebony I think she's really good at doing stuff on the fly, whether it's an interview or a podcast. That's because <laughs> I suffer from episode. procrastination also. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that she's really good at just winging things, whereas I don't trust myself to wing things at all. And so the idea of getting flustered or getting sidetracked scares the crap out of me. And so I will plan out every situation, outline every possible scenario that could happen, and outline my response to each scenario. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to ask I, you, Shari, I was going to ask you, like, what happens if, for example, when you went to law school, how you map out everything, if it, the plan doesn't go as you want it to, how do you respond to that? I get frustrated, but then I plan out my plan B. Oh, okay. And so that happens, right? It's not linear that way. And so let's say my freshman year, there was a class available and I knew I was going to take that my second year. But by the time I got to my second year, that class was no longer available. Or let's say something else happened where, again, maybe I didn't take the same amount of credits as I wanted to. All I did was remap and I just constantly remapped as life changed for me. And that's how I've gotten by. And I've learned that it is important to have a plan, but not be so wedded to your plan. And we spoke about this just recently in our conversation with Petra Pindar, right? Where I said, I think having a plan is important, but not be so wedded or married to your plan where you can't adjust mm -hmm. easily. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I've had to learn. And it's a lesson or something that I'm learning constantly. I beat myself up when I see things not happening the way I expected. It bothers me. Even now, I'm just like, this is not how it was supposed to be. <laughs> this is not how I planned it because I get stuck in my plans and my goals, but I'm learning as an adult that that's just how life is. And mm -hmm. you either embrace it and pivot or you stay stuck. And so I don't like when my plans don't manifest the way I thought they would, I understand the importance of adjusting and balancing. No, but that's good, Cherry, that you're aware of, like, I'm a planner, and if it doesn't go through, this is how I respond. But the fact that you're self-aware and you know that this is who you are and you're able to adjust, that's really good because some people, they just ignore it. When someone says, hey, you need to relax, mm -hmm. versus you being able to say that about yourself, that's really good. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> no, no, because I'm still can, learning. I'm like, wait, what do you it. mean? Do I you can mean? say it because you know, I can say it because I see where it hurts me when I yeah. don't acknowledge mm -hmm. it, when I stay stuck. I can see where it hurts me. So I've had to 
admit it to myself, whether I like it or not. That was one of those things where for a while being so prepared and calculated worked for me. I think adulting, we always say hashtag adulting, adulting reveals things to us that don't work anymore. Sometimes Mm -hmm. things that worked for us in our adolescent years no longer work as adults because we have new factors and considerations. Mm -hmm. Right. So when the question first came up, I kind of assumed that everybody would answer the same way, especially knowing that we are all introverts. And as you said, Jeanette, introverts, we tend to be in our heads and Mm -hmm. none of us don't like being put on the spot. So a lot of us like going into situations extremely prepared. Mm -hmm. Oh, I hate being put on the spot. I had a lot of anxiety going into law school because I had two friends that started law school before me, Sherry, you and another friend of ours who also went to school with you. And I remember one of the things that you guys told me, you're like, oh yeah, your first year, there's the Socratic method, Socratic method. <laughs> and then your pro- the Socratic method. So Explain. like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is over my head. I'm an, I'm an educator. And that's- oh God, <laughs> Jeanette. So basically you'll be in class and then the professors can just like literally cold call on you. Oh, no. In front of everybody and ask you questions about a particular case, the law, to explain further. So I had anxiety going into law school about this thing because I hate being put on the spot. In my head, I'm afraid, like, damn, am I going to sound stupid? I'm going to sound like I don't know what I'm doing. But you probably know the answer, but you just don't know how to say it. (laughs) Yeah. like I, I just Or just being put on the spot. It's like, okay, I'm going to talk. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I do know what I'm talking about. And... Right, right. Like, and a lot of times I knew what I was talking about, but just the fact that I'm being put on the spot. You're focusing on that. Right. And then I'm muffling my words, start stuttering and all sorts of stuff. I've never been the type of person to like want to go into something not feeling prepared because I'm just afraid of like falling flat on my face Mm -hmm. and screwing up. So to me, it's kind of like a safety net to prepare for everything pretty much in life. So I think that's, a great point and even Jeanette's follow-up because again, as I'm hearing you two, it really comes down to also just trusting yourself, right? Just trusting that you've already prepared and maybe you didn't even prepare, but you just know yourself. I think a lot mm-hmm. of times we're afraid of the unknown because mm-hmm. we doubt ourselves yes. and our ability to be who we are and showcase what we know. We have doubt in ourselves we like to play out our insecurities over our strengths and that sometimes inhibits us so you bringing up the Socratic method example in law school Ebony I'm sure a lot of times you knew your stuff but it was just the fact that somebody calling you out maybe Mm -hmm. at a moment where you just weren't ready and Mm -hmm. you didn't have all of your words formulated in your head yet right because we Mm -hmm. know exactly how we're going to sound (laughs) and like what do you want to say and how are you going to say it what are your examples like you just want to be prepared and Mm -hmm. then just being put on the spot you're like wait what me yeah i don't even know my name (laughs) and and sometimes it's not even like being prepared it's this whole idea of perfection right we Mm -hmm. all to be perceived as perfect so Ebony, you're in an apartment, but you want your perfect house. Mm-hmm. You know, you want your children to have the perfect education and go to the perfect schools and look this perfect way on Instagram. Instagram shows us that we have to be perfect, perfect. all the time. Right. You know, it's a matter of showcasing the highlight reel. And so we want to make sure that whatever we're presenting of ourselves is always our 
best, most perfect self instead of just being able to operate in whatever circumstance we're being asked to operate in. Right. So true. And Sherry and I, we've talked about this before, even when it comes to like my business and the work that I do as an attorney, I just find myself learning to be honest. Like most of the time I can answer the question, but if there is an issue that they bring up that I don't have the legal answer for, I explain it to them. This is something that might require a little bit more research and looking into, and then, you know, I'll get back to you. And 99.9% of the time it turns out to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah I mean, it's just uh, in my head, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Cause like being a teacher, like now I work in Manhattan in a very wealthy neighborhood. So sometimes I downplay myself. I've been teaching for seven years now. I know what I'm doing, but sometimes when you're around certain people, mm-hmm. you know, people that don't look like you, mm-hmm. you can start to make yourself feel little. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know what I'm doing. And they'll test you. I'm one of, maybe I can count on my hand, the educators who are of color working in a predominantly white school. It can be hard, especially being an introvert and being a teacher and dealing with parents like that are so demanding. Sometimes you have to say, okay, I know what I'm doing. And even if you're not prepared, it's like, okay, no, don't worry. I can get back to you and just make sure you get back to them. That's all. Like I realize that sometimes I'm not going to have the answer, like you said, and you have to be comfortable with okay, I don't have the answer. And I know we, we want to reach for perfection, but sometimes we can't. And we have to be okay with that. Once you let that go and say, you know what, I can't be perfect. And sometimes I'm going to make a mistake. Sometimes I'm not going to have the answer right away, but I'll make sure as an introvert and as an overthinker, I'm going to get back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's important to have that in your head that it's okay if you don't have the right answer right away. Just know that I will get back to you. Yeah, I definitely struggled with feeling like I always needed to have an answer. I was always afraid of someone asking me a question and I didn't know. And because I felt like me saying, I don't know, made me look incompetent. Mm -hmm. Well, no, it just makes you human. None of us are walking encyclopedias and we're not going to know everything. And now I just say, I don't know but I'll get back to you. And Mm -hmm. I find that that just makes you more human and relatable. And it's never been a detriment to my career success. At least that's what I see now. I don't feel like people look at me as the girl who always says, I don't know. No, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they know that I'm not going to lie. If I know the answer, I know the answer. But if I don't know, I will find out and let you know. And I think a lot of us, especially to your point, Jeanette, a lot of us women of color in certain industries as professionals, when we are the minority, that is another layer of insecurity mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. carry. Yes. We feel like we have to constantly prove ourselves because we already know that we're in the minority and we already feel like we're being judged. And so we're constantly proving ourselves to ourselves and to them. And we are putting ourselves, I think, at a disadvantage because they never had to carry that burden of being perfect. No. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? no. And so it wasn't 
see it all the time. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I see them say, I don't know. I mean, of Mm -hmm. course, we see some of them fake the funk, right? But (laughs) we see see some of those. But I've seen a lot of them say, I don't know. And it was welcomed and well-received. And I just said to myself, if they can do it, I can do it as well. And if they are perceiving me as less competent, that's not my problem. That's their problem. Yeah, that's a personal problem. Right. But I, I could no longer hold on to that burden at all. And so I think the more of us that are able to admit to ourselves when we don't know and give ourselves that grace, I think that it'll be more helpful and again, help us to show up in a way that's authentic without that burden. And I do also believe the fact that we're introverted too is another layer. I know too many layers. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Jeanette, you said you are a teacher working in a public school in New York city. Yep, I work in DOE in New York City. Okay, and so with COVID and this new environment, I'm sure that's presenting some uncertainties. And so we talked about our ability to navigate uncertainty. How is that working out for you now? It's so stressful because just knowing that the people who are dying from COVID are mostly people of color. So that in itself is very overwhelming for me. Just knowing that, you know, I'm putting my son in danger, putting myself in danger, putting my family in danger just to go to work. But I do love working with children. It's just very unsettling. Where do you guys live? I live in New Jersey. But we're oh, in New Jersey. So yeah. Right and I'm in Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay. So you're, you're all like close on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how schools are for you guys. But New York City, they're opening schools in person where, yes, I understand the numbers are low, but... I don't know if you've seen social media, people are traveling and they're not quarantining. So it's just very unsettling just knowing that we're going into school, not knowing if we're going to have the right material that we need to have the classroom, like gloves and masks. And what do you do when students who come from low income families who don't have the same, like, oh, your mask is cheaper than that person or your mask is more fancier. It's just a lot of things that you have to consider when, school on a normal day and now school with COVID is just very uns. And then depending on what school you're in, because some schools, like I work in Chelsea and that's in Manhattan where it's a very wealthy neighborhood, but I also worked in the Bronx two years ago. And I just, I can only imagine the disadvantage that is going to be in that school versus the school I'm in because they already had like tables that had nails sticking out of it, chairs that were broken. So how, if you don't even have chairs where kids can sit in, how are you going to have materials for them during COVID? It's very unsettling. It's very scary. I know my, two of my sisters are educators as well in New York. They happen to teach at charter schools and they have been expressing the same concerns mm-hmm. that you've been expressing. They teach in Brooklyn and oh, yeah. they do teach in an underserved community. So mm-hmm. they have expressed the same concerns. And I feel you. I like, I am also worried about the same thing. My kids go to private school, they go to a Catholic school, but even with that, Catholic schools are not funded by the government. No. So they rely on the parish and like tuition. So they don't have that many resources as well. Although their school has made it clear to parents that they're going to do their best to provide a safe environment for the students, as a parent, I still feel uneasy about it. So we decided to just have the kids sit out this term for now, just because we're able to. Some parents can't do that because of the type of work that they're in. That's unfortunate. But since we're able to do it, we decided to just have them sit out. But I definitely can understand and relate with you with regards to feeling unsettled about 
going into that situation. Yeah, definitely. Because flu season's coming. So that in itself is going to be interesting. Are there things that you have in place, Jeanette, as a teacher in that environment where you have within your control? Honestly, I start work this week and we have no idea. Like our union is supposed to be fighting for us. They did fight somewhat. So like we were supposed to, kids are supposed to come back this week. Now they're coming back the 21st. So they're giving us two weeks to set up the classroom and make sure safety protocols are in place. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like the mayor is putting everything in everyone else's shoes. It's like, okay, here, you figure it out. But it's like, I don't know. I really have no idea. Oh, wow. But trust me, my brain is like overthinking every situation. What happens (laughs) when a kid, because I had kids who were coming with fevers, like, oh, Mm -hmm. because they tell you the truth. Kids will tell you the truth. Yeah. Oh, my mom, she gave me medicine right before (laughs) I came to school. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I was throwing up. What do you mean you were throwing up? You know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine what school will be like. And I feel bad for the children because they want to be with their friends. And when you're in school, they still have to social distance. Like you're not going to be able to play in the schoolyard or play and have recess or have gym and art, like all of those fun Mm -hmm. things that the kids enjoyed. They're not going to be doing those things anymore. I know some schools are having the kids eat in the classroom to kind of eyes and, and then, you know, they expect the kids to have the mask on for eight hours or seven hours for the day. I don't see how that's going to work. I don't know. I just pray. Even as adults wearing the mask for so long gets them. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. As soon as I get in the car, I feel like I did surgery. I'm taking that off. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting because to your point, Ebony, I spoke to a lot of coworkers who are also married and have kids. And a lot of families are making those tough decisions where one parent is deciding that their salary can support the whole household. So the other, most likely the mother, the wife will stop working and become the teacher and homeschool the kids because of the risk associated with taking the kids to school, especially when there are no measures in place to control the children, how they interact with each other and the feasibility of that knowing that children naturally like to play and hug and come close. So Mm -hmm. hard decisions. Okay. So we're going to be moving on to the next segment of our episode and it's the roundup segment. So we have a few questions to ask you. So the first question is what three books would you bring on introvert Island? If you were trapped on introvert Island. Okay. And why? So, when you said three books, I, I, one of those books are going to be my journal because a journal is a book. <laughs> so one book I would definitely bring is my journal. And another book, because I'm an educator, and honestly, the only books I have time to read are based in education. So one of my favorite books that I always read every single year, just to start the school year, because I feel like every year comes new experiences, comes new d- challenges. So one of the books I would bring is called Lost at School by Ross Green. It's a really good book. I feel like parents can read it, not just educators. It's a book about how you can help children who have behavior issues. Because a lot of times as teachers, we always say, oh, he has a behavior issue and just leave him alone or leave her alone instead of really trying to like figure out, okay, why does this child have a behavior issue? How can I help them? And what it's called, it's like a lagging skill. So children have skills that they need help with. So if your child struggles with sitting in their seat, instead of saying, oh, 
their behavior issue. Okay, well, what's causing them not to stay in their seats? So this is a good book that really helps find different strategies and to help kids with behavior issues. So that's one book that I always read and I would bring that with me on the island. And the other book that I would bring would have to be Push Out and it's the criminalization of black girls in schools. It's another book about education, but this is a book that I feel like everyone should read. And this was a recommendation from a friend. Like a lot of times we always, always focus on like black boys, but believe it or not, there's a lot of black girls that get suspended a lot more than white girls or students who are not of color. So this is a book by Monique W. Morris that I've been dying to read. I just haven't had time to, but that would definitely be a book that I would bring on the island. It's hard to explain it because sometimes I get so emotional when I think about this because I've been watching a lot of documentaries around this. I don't even know if you guys know there was a girl, she didn't finish her online classes Mm -hmm. and they put her, yeah, they put her in juvie. So like that's just one example of how black girls in schools are being put in different situations. So that book is just highly recommended for anyone who wants to read and understand. So it's called Push Out. So those are the books that I would bring on the island. Yeah, that book pushed out when you mentioned the criminalization of females at schools. I Mm -hmm. wasn't aware of the issue, but I immediately thought about that case that you were referring to. I think she was like on a PPE program or something like that. And so I guess there were terms under that program that she had to comply with. But yes, I remember seeing the headlines and seeing the articles and I thought that was just ludicrous because mm-hmm. it makes no sense. I, I don't even remember how old she was, but she was pretty young. Mm-hmm. And to be away from her parents, her family for that amount of time. And then during COVID, that just seemed like so yeah. extreme. How many of us miss our homeworks without feeling like we have to go to jail as a consequence? Right. And- And the biggest thing that bothered me about that situation was like, I was teaching my students remote and I had half my students, they weren't turning things in. Mm -hmm. And for this girl who didn't hand in homework or missed an assignment that was for a remote assignment during COVID. And then it just, it was just a horrible situation. So that's why that, when I saw that book, I was like, no, I have to read this because this is happening all over America. Mm -hmm. That was just one story, one case that we hear. Mm -hmm. So the next question, what is your favorite no small talk conversation starter and why? So my favorite one is what is one thing you are working on to better yourself? Mm. Nice. I like that. So the reason why I picked that conversation starter, because it not only gets you to start a conversation, which that's the goal, Mm -hmm. but it also gets that person to think about themselves like oh wow like I never really thought about how I'm bettering myself and that's something that I really need to think about and then you learn something about that person and then it gets you to also think about yourself as well because you always want to work on yourself like we were Mm -hmm. just talking about like the future or living in the moment but what are you doing to work on yourself and just to better yourself because at the end of the day the goal is to become a better person (laughs) So I love that, that question. Was, yeah. I do too. I really do. I love questions that force you to self-reflect and also see how you can improve on yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ooh, we, maybe we'll use that. Yes, you can. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And the last question is, how can people connect with you after the show if they want to learn more about you and connect and engage with you? 
So if people want to connect with me, I'm new to this whole social media thing. I'm trying to do better with it, but you can definitely follow me on Instagram. So my Instagram name is introverted BLK woman. So introverted black woman BLK. And you can also check out my podcast. It's called the Chronicles of an Introverted Black Woman. And you can listen to it wherever you listen to your podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeanette. Thank you, Ebony and Jerry. I would do this again. This is really good. Just to even just talk. (laughs) And that's the goal. We just like to talk as long as it's not small talk. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in again to another episode. We hope that you enjoyed this week's conversation starter. If you like our conversation starter questions and would like them for yourself, please check out our website at nosmalltalkpodcast.com. Also, if you would like to check out any of the books that Jeanette shared in today's episode, or maybe listen to them instead, check out Audible. Audible is a great way to listen to your favorite audiobooks, an array of Audible original content, and even podcasts. If you're like me, then listening to your books is so convenient and allows you to take in more content at a higher rate. Check out Audible and tell them that the ladies at No Small Talk sent you. And when you sign up, you get a 30-day free trial with one credit to use on any premium titles, two credits for those of you that already have Prime, and you get access to all the amazing content that you want. Just click the link in our show notes for the promo code. Anyway, everyone, thank you so much again for joining us. I just wanted to tell you to enjoy your week and remember, have great conversations, continue to be authentic, be true, and remember, no small talk. On God, I come from a place that goes so hard. I'm not afraid of words, you can bring the bar. If you don't want problems, then don't start. Don't start. They told me shut up and dribble. Tell your president, act presidential. Bottom line, I won't keep quiet, not this time. Not this time.